Lord Shiva is the greatest of the devotees. Uh, even those who pray to Lord Shiva for material benedictions, he is Ashutosh. He can easily give anything to his devotee. But material things. Moksha, he said, Lord Shiva himself says, Mukti Pradata Sarvesham Vishnurevana Samshay. I can give my devotee anything, but Mukti I cannot give. You have to go to Vishnu. Uh, why he gives easily? Because he doesn't want to be disturbed. He is... Uh, Fixed in his meditation on Krishna. That's why he is always meditating. On who? He is meditating always on Krishna. He doesn't want to be disturbed. If somebody is coming disturbing him from, uh, I want this, I want this, take, 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 go. Finish. He doesn't want, you know, to, the person to disturb him. But they think that he is the supreme, oh, he must give me. But, who understands that Lord Shiva is the greatest devotee of Krishna? Vaishnavanam Yathashambhu The greatest devotee of Krishna in this universe is Lord Shiva. Uh, he has a Sampradaya also, Rudra Sampradaya, where Vaishnava. But he, as Prabhupada said in the purport, sometimes comes on the order of Narayana. Like he came as Shankracharya, Adi Shankracharya. Uh, he is Lord Shiva himself. Not now Adi Shankara, the original Adi Shankaracharya. Uh, he is Lord Shiva himself. <coughs> and he preached a defective philosophy. A twisted philosophy. That is also an order of Narayana. All this is stated in the Padma Purana. Narayana asked him to preach wrong philosophy out from the Vedas. Because Buddhist, this is the chronology of events that happen. Because after Krishna left, Kali Yuga started. And in Kali Yuga, people were becoming more and more atheistic and they were misusing the Vedas because in some part of the Vedas there is allowance for eating meat for those who absolutely cannot control their tongue they want to eat meat by any cost alright you can eat meat under license what is a license? what you have to do? Uh, only once a month you can eat only goat you can eat that goat also has to be sacrificed to Kali Goddess Kali. That too, the Kali temple should not be in the city. It should be outside. And one should go there in the dead of night, only on the Amavasa night, when the new moon, dark sky. That night only, then you can kill. In uh, you know, you have to before killing, you have to say to the goat the mantra, the mamsa, mamsa. Meat is called mamsa in Sanskrit, in many Indian languages also. Uh, because ma means me, sa means he. I will become him, he will become me. That means I will be the animal next life. And this animal will be, get the chance to become a human and kill me next life. Now that I am killing him, I will. I am agreeing to be killed by him in my next life. This is Mamasa. After saying this, then you can kill. And you have to kill in one stroke. Not that, like this, you know some bread. No, you have to kill in one stroke. Then you can eat. So many rules. The whole idea is, ah, who will do all this? Never mind. And also I am running the risk of being killed next life by this animal. Never mind, I will not do it. The whole idea is to discourage you from doing it. 
So for those who cannot control their tongue, they can do in this way, and gradually, hopefully, they will be, they will awaken. Hey, what am I doing? Let me stop it. Just like those who want to smoke, the cigarette packet is there. Smoking is injurious to health. In Singapore, they put photo also, some cancer photo they will put, brain cancer, womb cancer, something they will put. Uh, horrible pictures. So the whole idea is to discourage you. Tax also very high. So much money you have to pay now, and after when you get a lung cancer or you know some, then again you have to pay in the hospital also another thousands and thousands of dollars. So the whole idea is to discourage you from doing it because it is not good for you. Similarly, meat eating was allowed in that limited way, <coughs> regulated way, but because it was Kali Yuga, people stopped following all these nitty gritty rules. They said, oh, Vedas say we can kill animals. That's it, the wholesale killing animals without mercy, without limit. That's why Buddha, who was a Kshatriya, he started Buddhist philosophy. Why? He said, no, 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 this is not the way animals should be killed. And nobody listen. All right, reject the Vedas. Because you say Vedas allow you to kill animals, reject, I reject the Vedas. Now I will teach you the eightfold path of uh, Ahimsa. Ahimsa Parama Dharma. Lord Buddha's teaching is ahimsa, non-violence. <clears throat> but today, the Dalai Lama is eating beef. What is the use of this Buddhism? Ah, this is rubbish. Buddhist means ahimsa, no killing. His, his uh, explanation for why he eats beef is, why kill so many small animals, just one big animal? Logic. Why you cannot eat plants? He, he is talking as if he is very compassionate. I don't want to kill so many animals. This one big animal is enough. This is the rascal that is going on. So anyway, um, Buddhism was Ahimsa. So, but the thing is, Lord Buddha, although one of the Dashavatar of Vishnu, he rejected the Vedas. Vedas are nothing but the word of Krishna only. Because one aspect of the Vedas was being misused, he rejected the entire Vedas. And once we reject the word of God, it is atheism. Bauddha Hoyla Nastik. Nastik means atheism. Buddhists are atheists because they reject the word of God. Rejecting the word of God is as good as rejecting God. Because God and his word are non-different. Abhinnatva. So they are classified as atheists. And under the patronage of King Ashoka, the whole India was become has become Buddhist. The whole India was under the influence of atheism. So quickly that had to be rectified. That's when Shankaracharya was ordered to come by Lord Narayana himself. Adi Shankaracharya came and the whole India was under Maya, this Buddhist philosophy. And he had to somehow bring the Vedas back as the authority on uh, spiritual matters. So how did he do it? He presented a philosophy that is very similar to Buddhist philosophy so that the Buddhists will not find any difficulty accepting it. So in Buddhism, they say directly there is no God. Buddha says there is no God. Because why he said that? Because in the Vedas, there is information about God but he rejected them. No? So how we can prove the existence of God now? Suppose if I, if I want to know about you, 
I have asked you sir where are you from, who or what is your name, where, what do you do? If you tell me then I will know. So to know about you I must know from you. So similarly if you want to know about God, you have to know from God. We cannot speculate. Oh maybe, sir, if, if I say sir maybe you are from Africa, so maybe you are from uh, you know, Australia. I, I can speculate but unless you tell me I will not know. Similarly, we have to know about God from God. So, Vedas and the Vedas, Vedas is aware, Ahameva Vedya, Vedanta Krit Veda Videva Chaham. Krishna is saying, I am the compiler of Vedanta and the goal of Veda is me, to reach me. He is saying. So, but the Vedas have been rejected. So, now there is no other way. Suppose you say you are from India. And I say, sir, I don't believe you are from Australia, I think. Who can tell me now? I have rejected your word, then what possibility I have to learn about you? That was the effect of rejecting the Vedas. So there is no other way to understand God. Because the God's word was rejected. Now, Sankaracharya had to bring back the Vedas somehow. So in the, and because the Vedas were rejected, <coughs> there was no way of proving the existence of God, who God is. So Lord Buddha conveniently said there is no God. The whole Buddhism was a temporary measure just to stop Nindasi Yajna Vidhe Rahaha Shruti Jatam Sadaya Hridaya Darshita Pasukhatam Out of compassion for the animals, Lord Buddha did so much even to the point of rejecting the Vedas just to save the animals from being killed, slaughtered. So this was the mission. But it was a temporary measure. It had to be quickly recovered. So Sankaracharya came. He brought back the Vedas in a way he said, there is God, but he does not have a form, nirakar, nirguna. He does not have any qualities. He is a formless entity, a power, something. So, in other words, he is saying there is no God. Suppose I says, uh, you have a father, but your father does not have head, uh, hands, legs, heart. That means, in other words, I am saying you have no father. So, he presented God like that. He said, there is God, but he is nirakar, nirguna, brahma. So, his philosophy was actually, in effect, more dangerous than Buddhist. Buddhists were honest atheists. They were honest atheists. Yes, there is no God. He is uh, taking a, you know, twisted way. He is lying. Sankaracharya, in effect, he lied. But it was necessary also at that time. That was a mission of the Lord. The Lord sent him for that purpose. So, he twisted the meaning of Vedas. That's why we did not touch the Bhagavatam. Because Bhagavatam is too clear. So he did not touch the Bhagavatam. He touched the Vedas only, which were easily can be manipulated because the words are not as clear as in the Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is the pinnacle of Vedic literature. That book he did not touch. He did not dare touch it. Because there was no way he could prove his impersonal philosophy from the Bhagavatam. So but in the end of his life, he himself said, whatever explanation I have given you, it will, not, it will help you not even one bit at the time of death. Bhajagovindam, 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 Mudhamate, Santrapte, Sannihite, Kalim, Nahi Nahi Rakshati, Dukhrim Karane. All these grammatical twists and turns. He manipulated so much of Sanskrit grammar to, to take out, extract some um, other meaning, motivated meaning out of it. And he said, this all will not save you at the time of death. Bhajavagandam, just worship Govinda. Only that will help you. And he also wrote the Jagannath Ashtakam. The Jagannath. 
in the Jagannath Puri. The whole Jagannath song was written by Shankaracharya. And Achyuta Ashtakam he wrote. Very beautiful song again. He is a devotee, Lord Shiva. He is Lord Shiva. He is a devotee of Narayana. But on the order of Narayana, he had to do this. Then after that, that was also again temporary. What his success was, Sankracharya's success is that he brought back the Vedas. People started to again take Vedas as authority. But of course, they were still thinking that there is no God or God is formless like that. <coughs> so, he had driven Buddhism outside the borders of India. You see Myanmar, you see Sri Lanka, you see Nepal, you see Tibet, China, Buddhism. But India completely eradicated. This was Sankaracharya's contribution. Then Ramanujacharya came, Madhvacharya came, completely defeated Sankaracharya's philosophy. Completely defeated. And established the pure Vaishnava philosophy. That actually, uh, it is not that God is impersonal. Yeah, the Nirkuna Niraka, these words are used because he does not have a form like us. But he has a form. Not like us, this flesh and blood, no. Satchidananda Vigraha, he has a spiritual form. That he has. He is saying, I am the father. We have form as children. Father does not have form. What kind of nonsense philosophy is this? This was Sankaracharya's philosophy, very defective. It does not even uh, have common sense. But he managed to charm the whole of Bharat with his philosophy. <coughs> but then Ramanujacharya exposed all the faults of the philosophy and explained the again the pure Vaishnava philosophy. In fact, Sankaracharya himself showed the faults, but his followers were not, not as intelligent to understand it. But Ramanujacharya succeeded in doing that. Madhvacharya again succeeded in doing that. Then finally Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came. Uh, he took all the tenets of all four sampradayas, Vaishnava sampradayas, and he established the highest Radha Krishna worship. So this is the chronology of events. So sometimes religious principles are established in an intermediary way, not perfect religion. And Mayavad philosophy is not perfect religion. But there were stepping stones necessary to bring back the perfect religion. Again. So these are the uh, secrets of the Lord's mission. So we need to understand these things, these secrets from the pure devotee. Now Srila Prabhupada explained it, that's why we understand it. It's coming in parampara. So this is how we have to understand the mission of the Lord, the confidential mission of the Lord. Otherwise there is no way to understand. There will always be disagreements. Oh, my philosophy is better, my religion is better, your religion is better. This will go on and on. Until we understand that actually all religions have their place. Hmm? And this is not the different different religions. It is one religion only, to love God. That's it. God has millions of names. Whether it be Allah or Rama or Krishna or Jehovah or whatever. It is one God. All religions are actually teaching the same thing. According to the time, place and circumstance, they were taught that's it. But our Vedic scriptures, especially Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, are the pinnacle of understanding of God. 